You're listening to the Quince podcast. Hello and welcome to the Quince first Twitter Spaces event and also our first live episode for the Big Story podcast, a daily news show where we take a deep dive into the biggest headline of the day. I'm your host Imran Shalagram. Life to a large extent was coming back to some level of normalcy in India after the country witnessed a deadly second wave earlier this year. But with a new variant of concern, COVID-19, Omicron being reported all around the world last week and now also in India, everyone is sitting up in their chair to inquire about what the deal is with this variant. The first two cases of Omicron in India were detected on 2nd December. Both these cases were detected in Karnataka and both patients have recovered from the virus. So now that Omicron is in India, how concerned should you be? And more importantly, how prepared is India? To discuss this, I'm joined today by epidemiologist and health systems expert Dr. Chandrika Laharia. Dr. Laharia, thank you so much for your time today for the big story. Thank you very much, Himmat, and hello, everyone. There are now a growing number of countries around the world that are reporting Omicron cases from the US, Canada, Netherlands, Hong Kong. and of course south africa as well where it was first detected it was designated as a variant of concern by the world health organization on 26 november and the big headline coming out of this is that it is the most mutated version of covid now coming to the first two cases in india what we know so far is that the new variant was detected in two fully vaccinated individuals from karnataka age 66 and 46 what perhaps is reassuring is that both these cases showed mild symptoms only So, Dr. Laria, my question is: Is there something to worry about, or are we headed towards the endemic stage? If you could tell us where this variant stands at the moment compared to other variants, and also our vaccine responses. Thanks, Himmat. So, one of the key questions which people say that uh, majority of people who are being found positive with new variant Omicron are fully vaccinated or partially vaccinated. But there is a fallacy which, in the epidemiology or medical science, we call ascertainment bias or confounder. the fact is that majority of the people who are being tested for omicron are travelers and as a traveler they uh, the predisposition that people should be vaccinated so if you are searching in the people who are vaccinated you will find in the vaccinated people and that is the reason that we are hearing that majority are vaccinated but that may not be entirely true having said that uh, okay. besides uh, the international travelers uh, it is true that the variant has been found which has multiple mutation more than any previous variant then are in those sections of the spike protein of uh, SARS-CoV-2 which uh, may have some impact impact on uh, immune escape uh, transmissibility or also uh, disease outcome and how we know about that because some of these mutation had been found in alpha beta lambda and even delta variant and this is uh, rightfully because uh, these uh, mutations have been found independently and when something is unknown Uh, it is right thing to uh, be cautious and uh, world health organization designated this variant of concern in the right approach but how worried we should be or uh, how much we should uh, there are few things since then in the last 7 days we have learned the m- mutations is reality the number of cases found are really high but we also need to examine the number of cases and often cited the uh, graph which say that while most of the other variant took around 90 or 70 to 90 days to become dominant variant 
this omicron become within 10 days the 90% cases were reported uh, this might be true but we need to remember that the number of cases which are reflecting this 90% of the total cases are really less around 100 genomic sequencing were done at that time for other variant it was a really big number so that's not exactly comparable but reason enough to be prepared final point is that what we know in the last 7 days we have learned that it caused mild disease it does not as of now cause severe disease we are not sure whether there will be immune escape or not because uh, simply finding in vaccinated individual is not a parameter vaccines are not 100% effective there are breakthrough infections and third part is whether uh, the available treatment works like uh, monoclonal antibodies uh, that answer will also take some time because monoclonal antibodies are given to only those people who are severe, seriously ill and such cases are not there so something had not been tried so many unknown to summarize this first part of answer i think uh, uh, in the end it might turn up that there are few characteristic but as of now it's not a concern it's not a concern to be worried something it's a concern but not worried something and maybe i'll come back on some other parts on this later okay now as of right now as you also said earlier that all the samples which have been tested for this variant are from incoming international passengers and these samples are being sent for genome testing which does take a fair bit of time like i think around 24 to 96 hours is what is when the report comes in and from what we know also and we are reading the news is that several states in india in the center has also announced new travel guidelines with like new strict rules of post arrival testing and home quarantine as well for 7 days and a test on the 8th day i think so what do you think of india's current strategy towards curbing this virus like what should be our primary focus so we don't land back in a situation like the second wave that led to that high number of fatalities owing to mismanagement and also unpreparedness so uh, as far as uh, cases uh, in vaccinated is concerned i believe one of the case uh, confirmed case of omicron in india had no travel history but majority have a tra- are the people who are being tested are have a travel history and other setting coming to the second part of how india's response is i think uh, there is like in my opinion while some of the things are really good but a little exaggerated response has been given by majority of the countries except south africa we need to remember that it's the south africa which is reporting majority of the cases and still we are not hearing the kind of chaos or panic or hospitals are not overburdened but rest of the countries by putting either complete travel ban on south africa other countries or the it's more of a more like a, a reactive response india's response so far in i would say is balanced as far as government response is concerned except some state uh, uh, chief minister saying that travel ban should be put i think so it's a mix of all things but all the things but i want to bring three four things in the mind and that's what would give us some perspective to the listeners also what we need to remember that uh, december 2021 is very different from march 2020 but we are seeing some same kind of response like if some of you recall that what was happening in march second march when uh, second round of first cases like initial three cases were on january but uh, actually cases started on second march onward and then everybody was uh, in a panic and counting the cases and where which state has reported two cases which state has reported one case and that was the right approach for that point of time because this was a new virus we had no understanding and count doing that but something similar is happening at the low little smaller scale but that is not the right approach in my opinion it is not right approach because three four things have changed in the last 21 months 
one thing which has yeah. changed is like first thing is that uh, that time it was new virus now in 21 months we know far better about virus disease second uh, a series like uh, when pandemic started it was uh, everyone was susceptible but since then number series of uh, waves have happened and people have developed infection yeah. so they are protected third the vaccination is happening so even if people have received one vaccine uh, they are a bit protected so all of these things means india or a world of 20 December 2021 is not the same. So our response should also be the same. But I think one of the group of people who keeps talking about, who say that since we do not know about the virus, so we will know in three months, and that's why we should be worried. I think that is a wrong approach. The reason is that if we start saying that, okay, we don't know this is a new variant. This is a new variant, but not new virus. And variant means some different characteristic. If we start saying that for every, every new variant, then uh, like entire lifetime will go into saying that, okay, this is a new variant, so wait for three months. So uh, to summarize this second answer also, I would say that uh, some of the balanced approach is there. India is definitely better prepared here. Uh, what should be done? The response from the government side should be commensurate to the challenge and it should utilize the scientific evidence. We should not jump to the similar kind of approach which we had in March 2020. Okay. Now you spoke about this being a new variant, basically, and I want to know: is there a different way to different way or a faster way to test if a person has been infected with this variant? With this variant, sorry, since it is going to take a long time for that genome genome sequencing report to also come in. I understand that there is a particular science behind the detection of this variant in an RT-PCR test, which may help detect this variant early on as well, a bit faster than a genome sequence report. Can you tell us what that is and how it exactly works? So what we are hearing is the S gene dropout. And let's understand this thing. So this is on uh, what we are hearing that in RT-PCR, there is a S gene dropout, which essentially means one particular section, which otherwise should be visible, uh, is noticed on the RT-PCR, is not noticed in this one, which means which is being taken as a proxy indicator of that this could be Omicron variant. Now, um, we, we are still hearing that uh, this, uh, we know that this is uh, the existing RT-PCR still can detect uh, the Omicron. Reason is that the RT-PCR kits are made broad-based. So they are designed to do, identify more than one sections of the spike proteins of the virus, so the N-terminal and E-section gene. So they uh, usually, most of the kit have a three, uh, are supposed to identify three sections, three subcomponents. And one of the component is missing. And that's why on RT-PCR, if that section is missing, uh, the scientists or the laboratories say that, uh, okay, uh, this could be Omicron, but so that is working as a proxy indicator of Omicron variant in the RT-PCR. And then if you send those okay. one for genomic sequencing, it has been found that it almost come out Omicron. But there is a catch here. Okay. The catch is that this, okay. this approach, S-gene dropout is not applicable for all the countries because in RT-PCR, uh, different countries use different kits. So fortunately, or in a way, South Africa has been using the kind of kit which can pick S-gene dropout. But the same approach cannot be followed in India. Uh, there is no number available in public domain. But the Indian RT-PCR do not use that similar kit so, uh, in general. Okay. So there might be a proportion. I don't know the number. Probably nobody knows the, because they have not put counting that way. But maybe 5%, 3% of RT-PCR uh, kits, so one particular brand, being used in those facilities, they can pick up. So India cannot... Uh, pick up Indian uh, laboratories cannot pick up as gene dropout as far as my understanding concerned. So you cannot prioritize those samples. So you have to send all the samples 
which you suspect for genomic sequencing. And now we know genomic sequencing takes uh, at least uh, 24 hours uh, in best case scenario and uh, ac uh, ac actually 72 to uh, 96 hours. So that takes time. Okay. But uh, to uh, again summarize this one, good parts RT-PCR can still pick up, which is just meaning that this is still being detected by available tests. So it's not bypassing that. Yeah. But in India, that is not applicable. As gene dropout is only for yeah. some countries. And that's why South Africa is picking far quicker the cases because they pick at CS gene dropout, send those proxies to yeah. genomic sequencing, India not or other countries. Are not. Okay, so yeah. that is quite a big concern as well because that if India is unable to uh, have those tests as well, so we are we are going to take a long time to detect uh, Omicron cases basically in India. At present, the current fully vaccinated rate in India is hovering around 49%. And we are of course a long, long way from fully vaccinating our population. So, Dr. Lahiria, does this mean for a highly infectious way? So, what does this mean? Uh, I meant to say, for a highly infectious variant like Omicron, can we be more at risk right now because our entire population, or not even half, is is vaccinated? So, let's break this into two parts. One is that uh, vaccination is definitely a requirement to prevent the spread of uh, prevent the pandemic, stop the pandemic. But we should also be mindful that vaccination is a disease modifying which essentially means that it can uh, prevent the severe form of disease, but it does not stop transmission or infection. So a vaccinated individual can still get infected. So vaccination of 100% of population will also not uh, halt the transmission of virus, which can be done only by the face mask, physical distancing, other measures. So that is independent one. And that's why it's important that uh, while we keep focusing, we should not unnecessarily link vaccination to Omicron variant. We require vaccination, but that's unlinked to Omicron. We need face masks, other things. Coming to the second part, yes, of course, India, we need to increase vaccination because if people get infected, then those who are unvaccinated are the highest risk of developing disease, whatever form of disease it is. Those who have one shot has, are little better protected. Those who have both shots are definitely fully protected in this context. And fully protected does not mean 100% guarantee. Fully protected means 80%, 90%. So that's why vaccination is required. Uh, it needs to be accelerated, I think, uh, but we need to be mindful uh, that uh, it started, it picked up a little later in July and August, so there is delay. And I am also hopeful that uh, with this uh, variant emerging, uh, rather this entire uh, worry and concern should translate, if at all, it should translate into increased vaccination coverage and people turning up for vaccination centers. To the vaccination center. Uh, I also wanted to speak regarding uh, vaccinations for children now. So it hasn't started in India, but there are some concerning early reports from South Africa which suggest that Omicron may pose a higher risk for children, especially infants. Now, if that is the case, do you think we should have started vaccinating children in India sooner? And should we be accelerating vaccines for kids also now? With We have vaccines where the Covaxin has been approved and also Zydus Catala has been approved. So should we be accelerating vaccine for kids now? So uh, what we are seeing now is also a challenge in, throughout the pandemic period that people have uh, used an av available data and evidence in isolation while what is required that we should be looking holistic evidence. So we every single time wherever there are cases or any discussion we have heard isolated cases that cases are seen children arising in Brazil and we heard about Indonesia, Singapore. Uh, and unfortunately, very few people go in depth. So isolated reports are of a limited relevance. 
we should always read evidence along with the existing evidence plus new evidence and that's what is not happening so while one side we are hearing that there is not enough evidence to arrive on any conclusion how can one arrive on conclusion for children which numbers are really small so any conclusion is too early no matter who is making that other than based upon the previous uh, issues so in my opinion uh, okay. for the conclusion of children there are some reports and younger children but they them newspaper reports cannot be fully uh, discussion point it had to be scientific one coming to the vaccination part i believe and that's what the another thing is that if uh, we know that there are this is a fourth variant of con- a fifth variant of concern uh, there have been variants uh, alpha beta gamma and delta from the original one what we know that uh, while all the variants uh, uh, like had a different characteristic but the age distribution of the cases due to variant did not alter what i'm saying that if the original variant was affecting elderly the uh, subsequent variant also affected elderly so children were not affected by any of the variant in, um, differently they were affected in the same proportion at low rate so there is no reason to believe that this would work any differently unless evidence proves otherwise so that's one uh, why children are not being vaccinated that is also no widely known uh, we know uh, this variant is emerging from a population and setting where there is low vaccination coverage in adult population and uh, so the priority if world want to stop is priority should be those higher at risk and which where it will benefit more these vaccines prevent from severe illness hospitalization and death and which are already low in children so if uh, something which is low in children and vaccines prevent from them so the benefit of vaccination is not there having said this does not mean the vac- children would never need vaccine children would need vaccine as an example if there is a vaccine major vaccine which can help in reducing transmission they would need similarly children who are at higher risk who are at higher risk of more severe disease mortality they should be vaccinated and that's a process but even the children at a higher risk are far lower risk than the adults uh, of the covid severe covid 19 outcome so uh, it this argument is not sufficient argument to use for vaccination of children but that itself alone should be discussed and uh, i believe that will be taken forward okay now sir i want to ask uh, given how transmissible this variant is should the government now consider reducing the dosage gap for covid shield to accelerate the vaccine coverage right now we have a 12 week dosage gap which uh, has also in some cases prevented people from uh, taking the third the second dose i meant and if not the uh, reduction in, in in covid shield dosage gap should our approach towards booster doses change now so first of all we really do not know like there are indications that this is more transmissible we but that's not confirmed yet but considering considering vaccines do not reduce transmission risk of transmission or like they might reduce very little but their role is mainly in disease so so higher transmissible variant might not be reason enough to alter the vaccination in dose interval for a particular vaccine that's one so and the other thing is that uh, uh, scientifically this is proven that a longer gap is better at least 12 weeks gap is better so it should be continued but more important for india is that it's not the vaccination dose interval people are not coming to facility we know that people who have completed even 12 weeks are not returning 12 crore people or people from india have not returned for their vaccination so uh, the dose interval is not a factor as of now Uh, and it will uh, it should be scientifically continued uh, no, no, scientific approach need to be followed to decide on that not at uh, this variant 
Coming to the booster part, again, the same points. Uh, the two shots of vaccines provide sufficient protection and that's a public health advantage, uh, benefit. Beyond that, giving third dose might provide some individual protection. Some countries are using uh, that uh, approach. Uh, there is insufficient evidence, and uh, especially for India. Now, let me come to the India that why it is like really difficult for India to start booster shot. So the evidence is that a booster dose should be given of a vaccine which is different, which is on a different platform than the or different vaccine than originally used for primary immunization schedule, and that's what majority of the countries are doing. They give a they are giving a booster uh, of a different platform vaccine. As an example, UK is the other large country which is using same Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine which India is using as Covishield. Now UK has made a decision to introduce a booster. But they are giving booster of mRNA-based vaccine, Moderna or Pfizer. They are not giving Covishield booster. The reason is that we there is not insufficient data from Indian Covishield, like uh, this Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine. And even if you give a homologous booster, or instead of that, uh, like uh, you give a heterologous booster, the amount of antibody is higher. So if you at all you want to give booster, you want to give a booster of different uh, vaccine. And uh, that's another dimension. Third thing is that, we need to remember that UK, others, USA had started vaccination much before India. Like India's vaccination drive accelerated actually in July, August. So many of the people are completing their immunization uh, like two shots recently. So there is a long gap to go before booster should be considered. Uh, and uh, the final part is that uh, the if we uh, go for a booster, there is a real risk that the attention from the core priority, which is uh, administering first and second shot, will be diverted. And most finally, most important, this in this fight against pandemic, world need to be together. And if we every country start thinking of their own and do not share vaccine, we will see seven percent of Africa's population is fully vaccinated by seventy-five percent in some countries, and then variant would keep emerging. So the race for giving booster will actually detriment and will not help anyone. Uh, you will have to keep giving boosters. And but if we give two primary shot, the need for booster at least can be delayed or can be reduced. Okay. Well, sir, that was the end of my questions. But thank you so much, Dr. Laharia, for your time today to help us understand Omicron better. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. And folks, that's the end of our episode. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story Podcast. We are available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Geo7, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. You can also catch all our other podcast series as well, like Purdunama, Kisne Kahania, Land of a Billion and wherever you went on all these platforms and the print website. We're also launching a host of new series which will be dropping next year. So stay tuned for that. And that's it for today. Have a great weekend ahead and a great Friday today. If you liked listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Geo7 and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website and for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint website and check out our other podcasts. 